Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello, my name is Bex. Welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. I have got loads of stuff for you in this podcast, including a chat with Sam Copeland and with Kate Wiseman, plus a reading from Julian Clary's book, The Bolds by Julian Clary. I've also got our book expert Imogen here to tell us about some brand new books out right now. But first, before all of that, why not have a book trivia question? Okay, here we go. Which book series was Bill the Lizard in? Is it A, Wind in the Willows? B, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? Or C, Narnia? I will tell you the answer at the end of the podcast. Don't you worry. First up, let's chat to Sam Copeland. Hello. Hello there, how are you? I am very excited to have you in the studio because you've now written uh, two of my favourite books this year. Oh, brilliant, thank you. Uh, so the newest one you've got is Charlie Turns Into a T-Rex. Yep. Our listeners might remember Charlie Changes Into a Chicken from earlier on this year. Uh, what is going on with Charlie in his life right now? So um, Charlie, in the first book, his brother was ill and that's, the, that's the, the problems that made him start changing. In the second book, he's got more problems and that is his father's business is about to go uh, kaput mm-hmm. and that means that they're going to be uh, short of money and they're going to have to move in. They're going to lose the house and have to move in with their great aunt Brenda who has a wooden leg and about 20 cats and the house smells of cat wee. So Charlie wants to avoid this, obviously. Oh, yes, absolutely. And absolutely. the other thing that, I mean, we should probably mention, Charlie keeps turning into animals. That's quite a big deal. It, it, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. I think it, I think anybody would think it was a big deal if it happened to them. And luckily he has his friends to help him out a little bit to kind of control it, right? That's right. That's right. And one of the journeys that he goes on in, in the second book is is, is learning how to, um, how, how to control it even more. He learns how to stop it in the first book. But in the second book, in this book, he's learning how to... Um, start turning into animals when he wants to. He's harnessing his power. He's harnessing his power, exactly. So it's helping him turning into something of a superhero. Because also he's a bit worried for a little while that when he becomes an animal, he kind of can't control what he does. That's right. So when he yes. becomes a polar bear, he's a little bit nervous about, like, he's not himself anymore. Exactly. So so he does, in this book, he is worried about losing himself a little bit and forgetting who he is. But he learns that um, if he can keep hold of his, 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 the memory of his friends and his family, then that, that helps him keep hold of who he is. And in the book, he turns into quite a lot of animals. Yes. Who, or, or I can say who, but like, which one was your favourite for him to turn into when you were writing? Oh, by far and away, um, and I can't reveal why, but by far and away, my favourite animal that he changes into in this book is, is when he changes into a goldfish. Right. That's my, that's my favourite scene. I have to say, uh, there's, I again won't reveal too much, but I read uh, where he turns into a skunk. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Yeah, and laughed quite heartily out loud to be people like yeah. looking at me, being like, "What is that girl reading?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. very much enjoyed reading that. I enjoyed, well. I enjoyed writing that bit as well. And you've also got such lovely friends. Like he's got uh, got Wogan, uh, Flora, and is it Mosin yeah, as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's quite nice for him to have a little gang of people who are there for him the whole time. Yes. I mean, actually, some of my favourite bits of writing are just having the when the friends just chat to each other. I love, I love the relationship they have. I love the friendship they have. And I would want to be part of their gang if I was a kid. I love how no nonsense Flora is as well. Absolutely. No nonsense. She's the she's the boss. She definitely needs she's to be. She's yeah. the boss. And we also have the return of pigeons this time as well. The return of pigeons, they were they were demanded by by uh by readers actually. Um uh I just enjoyed writing them the first time, so why not why not bring them back? The fun thing about this book as well is you kind of uh you're quite rude to the reader. Yes. Which is great. Yes, I love being rude to the reader. Yeah. I love calling them numpty heads and all sorts of things. And sometimes writing it, I, w- I was like, can I get away with writing this? Are the publishers going to let me write this? And they always do let me <laughs> let me write it. It's really funny because you're reading it and you... Because normally when you've got a narrator in a book, they are, you know, explaining the book to the reader and kind of being really nice. Yeah. And you're, you have you're no time for anybody who's not going, you know, come on, guys, come on, get it together. Yeah, together. yeah, yeah. Well, I just love the idea of a rude narrator <laughs> shouting, at the, shouting at the reader and telling them off. Um, that, that really tickled me. And you also have footnotes as well. Yeah. So do you add those in after you've written the book? No, they, they usually come in um as as i'm writing right uh often it will just be a, a, a lame way to squeeze in a joke it's all no it makes me laugh every time that you do it, uh, it uh, so um uh, a lot of our presenters on fun kids always ask me like book uh, books for recommendations mm. and uh the last book in this book with the two that i've said to them need to go and check them out guys because oh, that's brilliant thank you that's so the much ones they go for so because your book is all about animals yes i've got some animal facts and i want to see how much you've researched animals in your book <laughs> okay brilliant I just, okay. just want to double check you know how much I should take for granted that we okay. is right okay I'm not going to judge you but you know you I'm, are going to judge me well, you've got a very judgy face I on d- you I do moment. right now I do yeah yeah <laughs> I was being nice but I will uh, secretly okay. like yeah so the first one uh, th- these, this is quite hard I think but I've, I've written the question so there we go uh, okay. how many cats domestic cats are there in the world in the I'll, world. I'll, I'll, I'll give a multiple choice because I'm, I'm nice, kind of. Are there A, 500 million, B, 1 billion, or C, 10 billion? Oh, it's got to be... It's quite tricky. It's got to be B, 1 billion. You're wrong. Oh, it's 500 million. Oh, is it? Yeah, apparently, yeah. I thought there'd be more as well. Uh, but so, so yeah, 500 million cats in the world. Uh, number two, how long does a sloth sleep for? Is it A, 23 hours? Is it B, 10 hours? Or is it C, one hour? In a day? In a, yeah, in a day, yeah. Well, that's, I'm going <laughs> to say, tw- 23 hours, 10 hours or one hour? Yeah. Uh, it's got to be 10 hours. It is 10 hours, yes. Ah, brilliant, there you go. brilliant, okay. I mean, I'm not expecting you to be David Attenborough, don't worry, it's fine. Uh, so, the next one, what country has the unicorn as its mascot? Is it Ireland, Scotland or Wales? It is Scotland. It is, yes, Because uh, I thought in the book Daisy uh, loves unicorns. Yes, yeah. she does indeed. Yes. Okay. Which of these creatures is real? Is it A, the hog-nosed skunk, B, the big-legged skunk, <laughs> or C, the lesser-spotted stripy skunk? Which of those is real? Okay, I, I'm saying it's not the lesser spotted stripy skunk. Okay. So it's either hog-nosed... Hog-nosed skunk. or big-legged or legged, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I'm going to say the hog-nosed skunk is real. Yeah, correct. It yeah, is real. It is. <laughs> but I'm glad I could make up skunk creatures there and you, you actually thought about it. Uh, finally, true or false, pigeons can read. 
true or false pigeons can read? Can read. There's no way you could. There's no way that pigeons can read, and you you're not about to tell me that they can. <laughs> well, this was a bit of a trick question. I was going to just see your answer on this one. So technically, pigeons can recognise all the letters of the alphabet, like the really clever pigeons, the pigeons who've done their GCSEs. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you that because technically they can't read, can they? They the, can't. Yeah. If you I mean if you were to give them Charlie turns into a T Rex, they probably wouldn't be able to. I might try and test it on the way home. Well, there you go. if you see a pigeon, just yeah. throw it in their face and just yeah. see what happens. Okay. But I'm going to I'm going to say you got that one right. So I think that was a pretty respectable 4 out of 5. That's I pretty good. I think that's I think that's a strong pass. I think I think that's yeah, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you an A minus. What do I win? Do I win a prize? You win my respect and that is quite hard to earn. That's so. worth nothing. <laughs> In in fun kids land, it's worth loads. <laughs> but outside of the studio, worth literally nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't you yeah. can't get anything with that. Yeah. Uh, so we should say Charlie turns into a T Rex is out right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody right. should go and buy it. I assume. I, I would uh, hopefully yes yes if uh, they'd like yeah. What is uh, one bit in the book that everybody should look out for? Oh, that for me it's chapter nine. It's the goldfish scene. That's what it's all about. It's, the, it's all about. I, I, it was it was the one scene that I I thought can I get away with writing this. Will the publishers allow me to to put? Will they allow me to write this? And they did. I think it's the rudest scene that's been in, in any children's book ever. Well, on that note, brilliant. Thank you so much, Sam, for popping by and come back for the next Thank one. Uh, absolutely, if you have me. Absolutely, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much to Sam Copeland for popping by Fun Kids. Next up, Imogen is here to tell us about books. Hello. I'm here. Yeah, you're here. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I am grand, thank you. Uh, I see you've got a pile of books with you. I do. I have my top three picks for this podcast. And the first of the picks is Kevin's Great Escape by Philip Reeve and Sarah McIntyre. Now this is one brilliant book, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you have read uh, the first one. I have, yeah. Uh, which is called The Legend of Kevin. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't uh, read it, uh, Kevin is a roly-poly flying pony. And Kevin lives on the top of a block of flats um, with his best friend Max. Uh, Max's family own the top floor flat of the building and he lives on the top in a little nest so he can fly away whenever he wants to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in this edition of uh, Kevin and his adventures, um, a huge famous pop star, think Madonna, think Ariana Grande, but her name is Misty Twiglet, and uh, she has come, she's moved to town, she's moved to a big house just outside of town, and uh, Max, his little sister Daisy, is her biggest, biggest fan. Anyway, one day, set the scene, uh, Misty Twiglet her manager turns up on their doorstep and uh, wants to buy Kevin basically because she has this big new house and she wants to fill the garden full of mythical creatures um, that are living all around the area in which they live sure Uh, yeah but they say obviously no Kevin's not for sale Um, he's his own person he just happens to live with us no anyway it transpires eventually Misty Twiglet gets her hands on Kevin and then Daisy and Max have to go on this big adventure to get Kevin back from Misty Twiglet amazing so they have to make a big escape hence Kevin's great escape it's brilliant it's very funny it's got all the illustrations which is what we like I remember the last book being really fun and also quite touching as well yeah very touching um, but also just so fun such a good book 
Awesome stuff. That's Kevin's Great Escape. Yes. Brilliant. What's up next? The next book is The Ghouls of Howlfair by Nick Tomlinson. Now, th- we're coming to up to the end of uh, September. Well, we're going into October. Spooktober. Which is Spooktober. No, which has ever said that. Sorry. Mm, I think mm, maybe one other person okay. has probably said it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and therefore, Halloween. And we're getting into autumny mystical times. And therefore, we've got a spooky mystery adventure for you, which is also very, very funny and is great in content also so basically what happens is uh there's a young uh, historian girl called molly thompson and she's a a brilliant protagonist and b she is a bit almost like a nancy drew type she's really interested in figuring out things and working out what's going on and in halfair where she lives lots of creepy legends are starting to come true so she is trying to work out what is going on um, but when then her mum bans her from doing any research and then Molly and her friends have to become covert monster hunters in order to save their town. It's so great. Amazing. You have... Oh, it, it, there's monsters, there's friendship, there's ghouls, there's trust, there's truth, there's mystery. What more can you want from a book? Very little, to be honest, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's definitely one to get you in the spirit for Halloween coming up next month. So, yeah, grab your hands on that for October. Awesome. And finally, what is your last pick of the day? Last pick of the day is The Secret Time Machine and the Gherkin Switcheroo by Simone Lear. And this is a fantastic book okay you literally lit up there yeah i read it earlier and i'm in love with it so basically it's about a worm called marcus and marcus has a best friend uh called lawrence and lawrence is a bird who looks like a chicken um and they're best best mates and uh marcus the worm lives with lawrence the bird Mm -hmm. in his birdhouse um and Basically, Lawrence gets a bit of a fascination with crossword puzzles and doesn't want to do anything else, just wants to sit at home and do crossword puzzles. So um, Marcus tries to get him out of the house all these different ways and uh, Lawrence is having none of it. So Marcus says that his aunt has built a time machine to try and get Lawrence out of the house. And therefore, obviously, Lawrence's ears prick up and uh, Marcus has to work out how then to build a time machine because he lied oh um and i'm gonna read you a bit of it okay because i think it's brilliant okay are we ready i was thinking about a time machine i said in a panic what time machine i blurted out the first thing that came into my head the one that my auntie built your auntie hasn't built a time machine he retorted rudely yes she has i insisted even though she hadn't i was annoyed that he didn't believe me I closed my eyes and continued. My auntie has travelled throughout history in it. Lawrence's beak was wide open. But time machines haven't been invented, Marcus. I told you already. I sighed at having to repeat myself. My auntie built one. She invented them. He sat up straight on the sofa. Has she really? I nodded, smiling proudly. She certainly did. I was excellent at lying. Can we go and see it and travel into the past? I hadn't thought that far ahead, so I sat there for ages like a worm statue, thinking of what to say. Are you okay, Marcus? You look funny. Yes, I'm fine. I was just thinking about what we might eat for dinner. Can we go and see it? Lawrence asked again. Definitely, yes. I didn't know what else to say. Lawrence stood up and clapped his wings above his head while wiggling his hips. The rest of his cheese sandwich fell from his armpit onto the floor. It smelled like it had been there for ages. 
I'm going to have a bath to celebrate. At last, I cheered joyfully. Lawrence looked upset. I mean, at last you'll get to see my auntie's invention. You're going to love it. I will, he hopped to the bathroom. I can't believe you didn't mention this before. We can go as soon as it stops raining. I can't wait, I called out. At last we were going to leave the birdhouse and breathe some fresh air. I wish I'd lied about my auntie having a time machine ages ago. I lay down on the floor and looked at the ceiling and made a mental list of all the things that I needed to do before we left the house. I just needed to A. Find out how time travel works B. Build a time machine without Lawrence noticing and C. Do A and B before it stops raining. It probably wouldn't be too difficult to do all of that. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. It's a very, very funny book. It's got brilliant illustrations. We love an illustration. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It's just very, very entertaining and easy to read. And that's called it's The called Secret the... Time Machine and the Gherkin Switcheroo. Yes, it is. Sure. Go and grab your hands on that. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Imogen, for that. No worries. And Bex. Yes. It's time for a little chat. A little chat. About the Book Club Book Club. I thought I was going to be told off from it there. The Book Club Book Club. The Book Club Book Club, of course. We should have a jingle. The Book Club Book Club. Yeah, the book club, book club. Probably, probably not that jingle. Okay. Uh, yes, we need a jingle and also to talk about this book. So we are currently reading Holes by Louis Sachar. We are. And how are you getting on with it? Uh, it's good. So for me, it's actually a reread because I have read it before. Yes, me too. Uh, and I love the story so much. The story is about Stan- Stanley Yelnats. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like... The third. The third. And it's based, his history almost as well. It's like him now. Yes. And then also his ancestors... Yeah, his family and, history. And what they did, basically. And um, I, I've i forgotten a lot of it, to be honest. Yeah. Things... Also, because I've seen the film more recently than I read the book. Right. And obviously, there are things that the film doesn't quite go into in such detail because they don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And so, rereading it, you pick up on all these extra little details. And it's just so brilliant, isn't it? I, yeah, I'm loving it again. Yeah. It's a real page-turner. Um, and if you don't know the story, it won't give them too much away, but at the moment, I'm at a kind of camp, and mm-hmm. there are things, and there are holes. No spoilers there. <laughs> really no spoilers at yeah, all. there are holes, um, and I'm really loving it. Yeah, so if you're looking for a book to read over this month, definitely pick up Louis Sachar's Holes. We will talk about it properly in the last book club of the month when we've all finished the book, right? Yes, so the next episode, we'll be talking all about it, and maybe dropping in a few more spoilers than there being holes and uh, yeah drop us a line at funkidslive.com if you've been reading it as well thank you very much Imogen for popping by thank you Uh, next up we are going to have a little chat with Kate Wiseman hey I'm joined in the studio by Kate Wiseman hello Hello, lovely to be with you. So you are the author of the Gangster School series, which I know a lot of our listeners have read. Uh, But if our listeners haven't read the books, can you just tell us uh, a little bit about them? Of course, yeah. Gangster School is Blackguard School for Tomorrow's Tyrants. And it's the world's best school for uh, budding criminals, which is lovely if you're a budding criminal. But my protagonists, Millie and Charlie, are actually secret dependables. Now, a dependable is um, an honest citizen who doesn't want anything to do with crime. And that's what Millie and Charlie are. But sadly, they're from um, families, long established criminal families. So they're sent to blackguards whether they want to or not. And if they get expelled from there because they're not criminal enough, they'll be sent to somewhere much worse, uh, Crumley's School for Career Criminals, which is actually the setting for Gangster School 3, which um, is called Gruffles and the Killer Sheep. Yeah, so there is um, Crimicon going on at Crumley, is that right? 
That's right. Crimicon is the the conference where young, promising young criminals from all over the world gather together to share ideas and sort of boast to each other and threaten each other and just, you know, try and prove that their school is the best, which they all want to be. But blackguards have that reputation. They have the accolade of being the, the best criminal school. And uh, Millie and Charlie have been tasked with the the... the almost impossible job of making sure that they keep that reputation and save one of their fellow Blagardians who they don't actually like very much, <laughs> who is the subject of a, a crumbless plot. So this is quite hard for Millie and Charlie because if they are dependables, aka not bad people, isn't it quite hard to win a bad person competition? Oh, it is quite hard, but they, they tend to find ways around things, quite ingenious ways around things. Um, Millie, I suppose, is the brains and she comes up with the plans. And Charlie, when it comes to his turn to do something to sort of save them, often kind of blunders through it and it normally works out well anyway for some strange reason. <laughs> but yeah, it's not an easy task for them, but they really want to do it because if they don't, they'll get sent to Kremlis full time. And that's to them, that's the fate worse than death. So that's what, the worst possible thing. What kind of things do you learn at Crumley if you go there? Um, well, the, at Crimicon, there is um, a an agenda. So day one at Crimicon, um, practical challenge, prison breaks, coping with the pinnacles and pitfalls of exiting a place of enforced residence. Um, seminar, cooking up trouble, 10 quick poisonous meals anyone can prepare. <laughs> uh, debate, the perfect crime. Is it an urban myth? Um, the the, the gymnastics let off theme, doing some exercise, speed your getaway. So that's the kind of thing they're doing at, Crimin, at Crimicon. At, at Crumley's, the, the syllabus tends to be a bit more dastardly than Blackguard's and a bit more, I suppose, a, a bit nastier. Yeah, they're a bit dark, uh, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I try not. I try as much as I can to not go into too much detail about that because they are meant to be funny children's books. So, uh, but yeah, you don't want to go there, and if you do, you're you're going to have a really really nasty time. Well, this is the thing. They are funny children's books, and I know loads of people absolutely love reading them because they're not only funny but also proper page turners, right? You've got like police raids going on in there. They must be quite exciting to write. Oh, I love writing them. Yeah, um, they are. I've got well yeah I really do love writing them and I've got a couple of readers in my family who read them for me and if they come back to me and say oh my god you know what's going to happen next or that was a really good bit or that made me laugh I think yeah that can stay in and if they come back to me and say oh you know I'm a bit bored of this bit it needs to move on mm -hmm. then I know that it's time to to wind on to the next page turning episode and where does Gruffles turn up in the book Gruffles has smuggled himself into the school minibus, which is taking the Blagardian delegates to Crumley's. And he finds when he gets there that there is a flock of very unusual sheep, which are the only animals allowed at Crumley's because the headmaster, Dr. B.L. Zebub, mm -hmm. is, is absolutely terrified of animals and wants to kill them all apart from these sheep. Now, these sheep are called Arctic Growlers. And they're carnivorous. They're really nasty. But because Gruffles is white and a bit daft, he manages to sort of integrate with the sheep after a lot of sort of near misses. And then I won't tell you what happens next. But it's so he, he's sort of 
becomes one of the sheep for a while. <laughs> he joins the gang. Um, there he is, does. There is a quiz online I've, I've seen on your website to see whether or not you'd be at the school or whether you'd be a dependable. Um, have you done a quiz yourself? <laughs> yes. And what did you get? Oh, dear. I don't want to say. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yes. You, you What, sorry? Do you want to guess or yeah. shall I tell you? Well, I think you're a lovely person. I think you get a dependable, but the I way... was. Yes, yeah. okay, yeah. So was I. I also oh, got dependable. Yes. <laughs> I'm too much of a goody two-shoes, to be honest. I knew exactly what I was going to get before I even <laughs> started the quiz. But I did it just in case. Uh, well, yeah, you never know. It's worth trying, isn't it? I'd, I'd like to be a bad, uh, like a baddie, but I don't think I've got it in me, to be honest. And <laughs> uh, you've got, um, you're still working on the next book, right? You've got Revenge of the Bad Pennies coming out very soon as well. Yes, that is pretty well wrapped up now. I think that's going to be coming out before Christmas. Um, It's already out. No, it's not already out. It's coming out in November in Germany. Um, So they'll have it first as they usually do. And I do have a wonderful synopsis for for number five, which is set at a dependable summer camp by the sea, uh, where Millie and Charlie are going to be sent to try and sort of study the ways of dependables because it's felt at blackguards that the students are becoming they're so criminal that they're getting caught too easily because they stick out like sore thumbs. <laughs> so basically are you going to keep writing this uh, all the way through Millie and Charlie's school life? I'd love to yeah given half the chance I certainly will um, I'm not sure what's going to happen to them next but after well something will occur to me i don't know what yet but some weird thing will occur to me i like to change change the settings and and bring in new characters every time and i'm sure some i'll I'll be sitting on a bus or in a supermarket or something and i'll hear a little snippet of conversation or see someone who looks very interesting and that will be the the start of a, a new synopsis for number six. Oh my goodness how exciting you never know when it's going to occur do you that kind of inspiration no it's lovely it's great fun Oh, brilliant stuff. Well, uh, we should say that everybody should go get Gangster School, Gruffles and the Killer Sheep. It's out right now. Please. <laughs> Please. Just a pleader. Please. Uh, fab. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting to us, Kate. Oh, it's a, a real pleasure. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Kate Wiseman. Now, I thought you might quite like a reading from Julian Clary's book, The Bold, by Julian Clary himself. Meet the bold, meet the bold, yes, meet the bold. Come on, meet the bold. You know you want to. This is an extract from The Bold's In Trouble, the latest book in the Bold series, written and read by Julian Clary. The Bold's, as you probably know, are a family of hyenas living disguised as human beings in a pleasant tree-lined street called Fairfield Road in Teddington. They wear clothes and hats to cover their hyena features and none of their human neighbours have guessed their secret, although they have noticed that the bolds seem to laugh an awful lot. Being hyenas, they can't help themselves. They also like to rub their bottoms on tree trunks and bushes to mark their territory, but obviously they can't do that if anyone is watching. Fred and Amelia Bold are the parents. Fred works at the Christmas Cracker Factory, writing the silly jokes, and Amelia makes and sells unusual hats at Teddington Market. Their children, twins, Bobby and Betty, are lively and funny, and sometimes a bit naughty. So that's everyone. Except it isn't quite. You see, the Bolds have gained a bit of a reputation for helping other members of the animal world who want to live like humans too. 
They take in all manner of waifs and strays, teach them how to walk and talk like humans, wear clothes, use a knife and fork, and even how to use the toilet. You'd be surprised how many animals there are living amongst us that we fail to notice aren't humans at all. Bus drivers, teachers, athletes, shop assistants, prime ministers even. Only yesterday I had a new sofa delivered by two burly men wearing overalls. They huffed and puffed and snorted a lot, I noticed. It was only when I spotted their rather moist noses and saw a wisp of steamy sweat rising up in the air from their backs that I put two and two together. Yes, buffaloes. Brothers, I expect. I didn't say anything. Buffaloes can be a bit bad-tempered, and I didn't want them to start pouring the ground and charging around. Not with my new carpet and collection of priceless porcelain dolls I've collected on my travels over the years. But you see, I knew. That's all the time we've got in the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. I do have to give you the answer to our book trivia question, though. The question was, what book series was Bill the Lizard in? Was it Wind in the Willows? Alice's Adventures in Wonderland or Narnia? Well, I can tell you. The answer was Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. He was in the book. And also, if you're a bit uh, eagle-eyed, he was also in the Disney film as well. If you've got the answer right, give yourself a pat on the back. I will be back very soon with the Book Club podcast. If you've enjoyed it, remember, rate, review and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast from. Bye. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!